Hello there, and you're very welcome to Mind Set on You podcast. I'm Audrey Fitzgerald, and uh, every Tuesday I release a podcast, and hopefully you find it entertaining. And if you do like it, please like, subscribe. Uh, you'll get all the information on my Facebook, on my Instagram. Uh, I'm on Buzzsprout. I go out on Spotify. Um, Apple Tunes, pretty much anywhere that you get your normal podcast, you're going to find us there. And uh, what we hope to do is to entertain and enlighten and just give you something to listen to on your commute into work when you're sitting in the train, or if you're just at home and you just want to escape from everybody else, give us a quick little listen. Um, thank you very much, and uh, here we go. <laughs> Hi, and you're very welcome to episode number eight, I think it's eight, of Mindset on You podcast with me, Odron Fitzgerald. And I am being joined today by Chris Schulf. Chris, how the hell are you, sir? I'm doing well. How are you, Odie? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm good. Um, you have uh, you have a, a big history when it comes to uh, education, I believe, isn't it? Uh, was it was, would we put it as education or just you having fun with music? I think a little bit of both, but yes, uh education being a uh, professor to college here yeah so um you're you're a professor in is it music history or music what what, what exactly is it uh, it's in music production so it deals with everything for the stage sound lights all that sort of stuff okay okay so you can run a desk and you can like get the microphones perfect and you can do all that kind of stuff and make sure the instruments are good and yep that's it cool cool um, how how did you get into it? Uh, well, actually, my dad uh, was sort of a traveling musician, and so he taught me how to run his system, and then from there I did other churches running their boards and then eventually just worked myself up to the college. Oh, okay. So you kind of you got your start working with local churches, and was it like your own church or just church? Yeah. Okay. Initially my own, and then eventually consulting other churches on their sound setups. Oh, okay, okay. And um, so when you were actually teaching within the college, like, what, what, first of all, what got you into it? Like, what what pushed you towards, like, I know you said your dad was teaching you uh, bits and pieces. And, like, I mean, I mean, I followed in my dad's footsteps, and you followed in your dad's footsteps. But what made you continue? What was it that you were just like, oh, I, I need to do this? I, I've always enjoyed uh, the stage, whether it's concerts or um, even theater. And so yeah. being able to just do that full time was really appealing. Okay. And uh, so you're, you're still, and you're still quite active within theater, aren't you? I am. Yeah. So I perform with local theater. Yeah. Um, and when, when it comes to like, the the mu the, the instrumental side of it. Um, how many mu- how many instruments do you play? Oh, regularly, I would say three or four. Pretty much all of the rhythm section. So piano, guitar, bass, drums. Yeah, with piano being my primary. Okay, okay. And what, like, so um. You taught a lot of kids. There was a lot of college kids. Uh, what what kind of age group were they? Were they like, uh, what, 16, 17, 16, 17, up to, what, 23, 24? 
Yeah, so I actually, in addition to the music production side, I also taught the piano accompanying seminars. And so that was for incoming freshmen. And so they were 17, 18 years old. The production class was actually for seniors. So they were the 21, 22-year-olds. Okay, okay. So, like, did you find it hard to kind of... How do, you, how do you communicate with a 19-year-old, 20-year-old that may not want to know? Or no, did they? Like, I mean, did they all actually want to get the gift? Did they all want to work in music? Or were some of them just there for, you know, the Van Wilder kind of thing? Just, I want to go to college and party. Right. Uh, no, most of them are there because they wanted to be there, wanted to be in the program. Um, some of them, I mean, yeah, it was just part of the course requirement that they had their degree requirement that they had to have that course yeah but they, they still they they understood the importance of it for the line of work they wish to do so that helped uh the ones that were really fun were ones that just took it as an elective because anybody in the college could take it so those that just wanted to come take the class to take it ah uh, yeah um, that was that was nice I got you. So I just kind of like, uh, I need to do another course. What will I pick? Uh, I think Chris's course is pretty cool with the music and all that kind of stuff. Right. And like, yep. did, did you ever, like, how, how did you make it fun? How did you make it interesting? Uh, we would do hands-on stuff. Uh, for example, we were talking about acoustic paneling and one of the students said, hey, can we build our own acoustic panels? I said, yeah, let's do it. So turn the class into a workshop for couple days and uh we built our own acoustic panels and took them out and tested them and they got to see that they actually did work yeah so when you say acoustic panels is that killing sound amplifying sound what is it what is it doing yeah it's killing dampening so like it's what you would hang up on the walls to absorb that uh reverb that's in the room that that lovely reverb that i have in this room a little bit (laughs) yes right (laughs) we can Uh, build some panels for you afterwards yeah i think i think we need some egg cartons do we yes right egg cartons cartons would work or or the foam the 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 lovely triangle foam blocks that go onto the walls um yes and those are actually for helping to also deflect the sound oh yeah so you don't get reflection just build up in one spot right Ah. now have you ever heard of I think, is it in Austin? Is, is it the Austin University? They've got the quietest room in the world. I've heard, yeah, I, I, I didn't know where it was, but yeah, I've heard of that. And this is the one that it's kind of got uh, floors, ceilings, doors, everything has is got acoustic panels on it. And even when you're walking into it, you walk in on a net. Like it's not, it's a, it's a high tensile net that you stand on. So you're above yeah. the sound endings. Um, people say that when you're in there, you can actually hear your heartbeat. Would uh, how 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 would you feel about that? Like how? I think that'd be kind of trippy, um, especially once the door was closed. <laughs> you might feel like uh, there was no way out, yeah, and nobody hear you scream. <laughs> well, that is true. Yeah, nobody will hear you scream. Um, but here, here's another one for you now. If if um. If somebody was to take your class and someone was to, you know, learn everything they could learn about sound engineering, about uh, music production, where could it take them? Uh, well, most of these that are going out, they're looking to actually work in churches and their music ministries there. 
But really, it could take them anywhere because the class gives all the foundations for everything needed to run a full program. And in fact, that was uh, one of the final exams. The students, I gave them everything they needed. I gave them cables. I gave them the board, um, a lighting rig, and um, computers to project images on the wall, whatever they want to do, even a confetti cannon just for fun. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and I told them, right, this is your final project. You guys have to set up an entire show and run it for me. I am your guest. You have to do the entire thing. And so they, they put together an entire show. They played the instruments themselves, yeah. uh, did the vocals all themselves, but they ran it start to finish. And so they came into the class knowing not much. One mm -hmm. girl said when I asked what do you know about a soundboard? They said, I know if you move the fader, it makes sound go up and down. I said, well, that's a start. I can work with it. So yeah. by the end, though, they could do the entire thing. So, yeah, really, it if if they apply themselves, they can go wherever they want after that. Yeah. And do you think people, when they come first into it, like, I mean, the very first time I walked into a recording studio, you look at the desk and you're just like, oh, wow. You know, it's kind of like, I, I can't do that. Yeah, have, have oh, you it's definitely, yeah, certainly. It's overwhelming if you've never seen one before. And others even have that same feeling trying to make a transition from analog to digital, mm. which I understand because, I mean, if you aren't used to working with computers and going through layers of stuff to find what you need, it's definitely intimidating at first, yeah. but it's not hard. And are you, would you be a purist? Would you kind of like... I know the way that people say, oh, I love playing my songs on vinyl because it's got that warm sound. And I, I don't like using MP3s or CDs or anything like that because it just doesn't have, it doesn't replicate that sound. Are you that kind of way inclined? Uh, while I do enjoy listening to vinyl, for me, at the end of the day, as long as I've got a good mix and a clean track to put out, that's really all I care. Okay. Okay, so yeah, you're not, you don't care about the purism, you're kind of like, you're just going for the quality and... Right. Okay, so um, like if you had a chance to work, for argument's sake, if someone said, I need to cut a record or I need to do this or I need to produce an album, um, would you be more inclined to go with the digital side of it or would you be like Dave Grohl and the Foo Fighters and be kind of like, oh, I want to use the analog stuff, I want to use the old track system and... Right, uh, I would... I would lean towards digital. Okay. Okay. And do you think there's still there's still a market for the older stuff? Like, do you think there's, I mean, obviously, like, you've got big bands. I mean, everybody knows Foo Fighters would be my favorite band. You've got them that stay analog, and you've got, like, Pearl Jam, they record a lot of analog stuff. Do you think, do you think it's ever going to die? Not anytime soon. And I, honestly, I hope it doesn't, because I do enjoy the analog side of things. Just me personally working with it, uh, I find it easier uh, than yeah. sometimes even quicker to just run everything digital and you've got everything right there that you're working with. Yeah, because you can just slice out like bits of audio and just copy them, paste them, put them in somewhere. You don't have to go back through reels and looking for track exactly. number five and, you know, you have it. It's all, it's all right there. Um, right. So if anybody was thinking about... So if you've got younger kids, we've got quite a few. We've got some of the young audience that listen to the podcast here. Um if they wanted to start to get a head start, if they, all right, so if they want to go to college and, and do your course, 
Um, I mean, they can apply for it and they can, when, once they get to college, if it's an extracurricular stuff, they can do it. But if there's anything that you could tell a young kid to do to get a start on it, what would you advise them to do? How would you advise them to, to, to get a jump start? I would say that, um, I mean, if they have access to an audio system at their church, let let whoever's running sound there know that, hey, I'm interested in learning how this works. Can you can you show me the ropes? Um, if they don't have that outlet, if um, they go to school and they have um, a production department there, they can get with the instructors there and see what they can show them. Um, and I mean, even if they were to run across an old board somewhere for cheap, they could pick it up and just start experimenting. Yeah. Um, there's, I mean, there's definitely with, with online, they can pull up a YouTube video and somebody out there can show them show the them basics how, to show at them least the, yeah, get them, show them the you know, stuff. how to get started. Yeah. And I suppose, like, I mean, with YouTube and, you know, as you were saying, like, so you were saying that, um, go to your local church or go to your, like, a, a pro- production station or in, in college or school or whatever. Um, do mm. you find people that work on sound or do you find people that work, you know, in, in that little black box behind the theatre, do you find that they're very approachable? I think they are. Um, most people probably think they're not, but that's probably because the sound guy is the one that everybody looks at when something goes wrong. And so <laughs> yeah, they, he, they, he already seems kind of distant and cold, but no, I think they're, they want to talk about it. They're, if, if it's their passion, then they're going to enjoy sharing that information. Yeah. You think they're kind of geeky, nerdy and no more than me, yeah. no more than me and you. I mean, I know right. we, we have right. talked at length. Um, like, so if anybody is unsure, myself and Chris know each other from being, uh, we work in a lot of theater stuff together. We were in a few shows with each other. And I think a few times after the shows, shows would be finished at nine o'clock, 10 o'clock. And we'd be there till 11 o'clock, 1130 talking about, oh, yeah. oh, did you do this with this board? And have you ever had this happen to you? Um, I think there is a kind of a, a techie, geeky, nerdy kind of a, a vibe of sound people and off light people. Uh, would it be fair? Would it be fair with that assumption? Oh, certainly. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we do. But um, like, is it a thing that once they get up to speed on it, they graduate the class, you know, they put time into it that in five or six years they could be working for major labels, working for like massive um, bands, like touring the world? Oh, certainly. I mean, they definitely are going to have to put in the time after they graduate and they're going to have to, you know, probably even take uh, menial tasks at some of the record labels just to get their foot in the door. Uh, I wouldn't say they should expect necessarily to just walk in and get an engineering job, but if they go in and start something else in the same area, they can work into it. Yeah. So um, I was up, I had the privilege of being up in London Bridge uh, Records up in Seattle there about four years ago. And there was a guy up there and he was giving us a tour and whatever. And he was saying that uh, it was, I can't remember who it was, but it was somebody who walked in, knocked on the door and said, hey, can I come in and make coffee for y'all? And they were like, "Uh, yeah. So kid rocked in and he started making coffee for people. And uh, I think, was it like 10 years later, um, Soundgarden was born. You know, something along those lines, yeah. he kind of, he went in and oh, yeah. he started at the very bottom. He didn't even want money. He just wanted to be around 
the people and be yeah, around them. Yeah, most that. definitely. So that's... And they're receptive to that. I mean, they see somebody who's willing to humble themselves and come in and just just be there, not not have to have a part immediately. And And people are attracted to that sometimes. Yeah, I mean, it, it really does show that they want to be there, that they want to do it, and they want right. to get into it. So, yeah, so definitely advice you're going to give to the younger generation is to don't expect to be making a million dollars on your first week in the job. <laughs> definitely not. Yeah, and uh, have you have, would you have any other, anything else that you'd like to impart to the younger generation? Uh, just always keep learning because with with especially with the digital stuff coming out more and more gets added every day and there's new effects there's just new ways of processing everything so definitely just don't think once you've graduated that that's it or you're going to get left behind right right and i suppose it's it's true what they say if you if you if you learn to manipulate audio you can pretty much make anybody say anything that you want them to as well <laughs> exactly right <laughs> There's, so I'm trusting you here. Yeah, no, no, no. This as everybody knows, this one is just live. There is no editing on this one. Whatever gets said, gets said, and it's out, and that's it. Well, listen, Chris, it's been absolutely fantastic talking to you, and no doubt we'll be chatting very soon again, face to face in the real life. Um, so it's a, it's a shame I couldn't get you down to the studio here tonight, but look at these things happen. Um, but listen, thank you very much, and um, to you out there uh, listening uh, across the world. Actually, Chris, yeah, we had people in Australia listening last week, which was pretty pretty cool. So, oh, well, that's fantastic. Yeah, we've got we've got people listening absolutely everywhere uh, in across the. In, uh, I think I. Uh, no, I don't know if I had anybody in Antarctica, but I think we had one. <laughs> yeah, we we had a couple. I had one in Singapore, so yeah, I think we're uh, we're wow. covering all the continents, bar bar uh, south. Uh, what what did I say it was called? Antarctica. That was Antarctica. The, that, that's the word. Yeah. Um, anyway, listen, Chris, thank you very much, and to you listeners out there, uh, thank you very much for listening in to us. Uh, we drop our podcast every. Uh, Tuesday and between now and next Tuesday look after yourselves and we have our mind set on you good night goodbye goodbye